Log Talk Radio.
for you, we would not be here. We open our eyes this morning, God, because you gave us the strength to open our eyes. We were able to rise because you gave us strength in our limbs and the facilities of our body. We were able to get here, God, because you blessed us and brought us the way of safety and did not allow harm to come to us, Lord. We're grateful to again come into your presence because we know where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And as we come before you today, have your way, Lord. Let flesh be crucified that you might be glorified, that your people might be edified in the name of Jesus. For God in you is life. And that's what we seek, God, life eternal life God we pray oh God today that you will touch every person that have come seeking you Lord bind the hand of the devil God rebuke the hand of the enemy Lord God let your anointing that resonates in this place even now God let there be an outpouring on your people we need you God to take us to another level in you Lord God we're faced with demonic forces God Evil spirits have come up against us, Lord, and we need to be fortified with your power. God, we can't make it on our own strength, God. We don't have enough to stand on, Lord, but we know, God, that your joy is our strength. Fill us up on today in the name of Jesus. Somebody have come this morning burdened down, God, with the issues of life, God. Somebody, God, is in the battle of their life. Somebody's, God, fighting in their 
their mind and in their spirit, Lord, where the devil have come in to war against them, Lord. But we thank you, God, because we know greater are you that's within us than he that is within this world, God. We know, God, that you are a deliverer, Lord, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you're no short of your promise, Lord, and you're able to deliver us, Lord. Touch us on today, Lord. We need you like never before. Fill us up with the Holy Ghost, God, and give us a refilling, Lord, that when we leave here today, Lord, we can leave with your anointing, Lord, that as we meet men and women, boys and girls, they might be converted to know who you are, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. We thank you because you are a healer. You're the God that healeth thee, and healing is in your wings, and you're able to touch our feeble bodies. You're able to save our troubled souls. And in the name of Jesus, bind every demon, Lord, every demonic force, Lord, God, that comes to keep us in the same place, Lord. We're willing, God, to surrender and say yes to your will, Lord. We're willing to turn our lives, God, over into your hands, Lord, because we come to the place, God, where we realize like never before, we need you, Jesus. More than anything we know, we need you, Jesus. While men are trying to find, God, solutions to this chaotic world, God, we're looking to you, Lord, because we know for every right desire, there is an answer. And Jesus, you're that answer. There's no need for us, God, to turn hither or thither, Lord. We need but to look for you, Lord, because you're the answer, God, for our troubled lives, Lord. Touch on the day, God. Break every yoke, oh God. Save on the day, God. Deliver on the day, God. Jesus, we need you, Lord. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We're crying out to you, Lord. We know that you're able to save our souls. We know that you're able, God, to heal our bodies, Jesus. We know that you're able, God, to turn our situations around. Jesus, no other help we know. No other help we know. No other help we know, God. You're able, Jesus, to deliver our children. You're able, Jesus, to save the unsaved husband. You're able, Jesus, to heal the cancer patient. Nothing too hard for you, Jesus. No other God we know. We know that you're able, Jesus. We know that you're able, Jesus. We say yes to your will, God. Yes to your way, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. And we'll thank you for it. And we'll give your name the praise. And we'll bless you, Lord. Yes, we thank you, Lord. And we bless your holy name. Come on, open your mouth and give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, <clears throat> Pastor Hinton this morning. Hallelujah, I love that prayer right there. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, for prayer. I thank God we can talk to him anywhere, anytime, in any place. And that's a beautiful thing. Hallelujah, that's a great thing. Oh, yeah. And uh, no matter what's going on, you know, I can talk to you and talk to him at the same time. And so I'm thankful this morning unto Almighty God who have all power. We thank him for starting out another Monday morning, brought us through the weekend, and uh, starting us on our way today. And so we're grateful 
unto him. We appreciate him this morning. We love him today, and uh, we want him to know it. Hallelujah. We want him to know that we love him. And what I found out about love is this. If you love someone, you're going to show them that you love them. And anything they ask you to do, you're going to do it to the best of your ability. As married women, as wives, good wives that love their husbands. If he asks them, honey, I want a pork chop for dinner. And she may not have a pork chop in the house. But when she starts her dinner for the day, before she started, she's going out and make sure she gets pork chops. Why? She loves him. She want to please him. And and the husband, he just don't accept any and every old thing. So she only want to do what her husband can accept. Why? She loves him. She want to please him. She want him to be happy. So if we say we love God, then we need to please him. We only need to do what he can accept. And whatever he asks, that's what we should be doing. Whatever his word says that if we love him, we should be doing this, then this is what we should be doing. I'm grateful unto him this morning, I tell you. There's none like him. Faithful. He is faithful. You won't find a more faithful God than him. He sleeps, now slumbers. He's awake all the time. Hallelujah. He's beholding the evil and the good. He's watching. He sees what's going on with the evil and the good. He knows the very intent of our hearts. He knows every thought. Yeah. And I'm thankful I can go to him this morning about any situation. And when I tell you I've had some situations this weekend, well, for a few weeks <laughs> I've had some situations. And the Lord was speaking this morning and allowing me to know you battled that with good. You battled this kind of situation with good. If anybody give you stone, you give them bread. Yeah. I heard one person teach me that uh, if you want to just punish your enemy, be very kind to them. No matter what they do, you remain kind. You remain loving because we got to love our enemies. That's what the word says. And many times what helped me is to talk it out. If I don't have anybody I can trust to talk to about it because they're going to misunderstand what I said or what I'm thinking, then I can write it out and still feel better. Because as I'm writing, God is reading. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And I thank him for being a God that heals. He can heal us from any situation. We look at the physical part. But many days we need mental healing, spiritual healing. And when we get these things together, the physical healing will take place. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not. You get that mental and that spiritual healing done, that physical healing going to come. Because many times what's wrong is we're spiritually ill. 
We're mentally ill. We're not thinking right. We're not doing what's right. Our focus is not in the right place. It's in the wrong places. Hallelujah. But God is yet faithful. And I'm so thankful unto him this morning that he's here all the time. Never leaves. Hallelujah. No matter where I go, he go with me. <laughs> he keep me safe. Yeah. When I asked that he would lose his protecting angels to stand watch, to shield and protect, Father, keep me from all hurt, harm, or danger. He does just that. Bless my going out. Father, bless my coming in. Meet the need in my life according to your riches and glory by your son, Christ Jesus. Lord, do it for me today. And he does that. I remember when I lived in the project, I asked the Lord to bless my going out and coming in, meet the need. And I would go to Sam's because during this time I had a little confectionery store out of my house to help the children. And uh, with arts and crafts and food and stuff like that. So anyway, I came in one day. And it just come to me, you go out and come in so easy. This is the project. They could be shooting. They could be selling dope right here on your spot on the corner right here. And I said, Lord, and the Lord spoke just as plain in my spirit. I didn't hear audio voice, but it was audio for me because I heard it in my spirit. You asked me to bless you going out. And you asked me to bless you coming in. And look at all you're coming in with. You asked me to meet the need according to my riches. Hallelujah. And I looked at that. Because a lot of times we'll pray God answer the prayer. But we're so busy and focusing on, we, we don't even see that the prayer has been answered. But he says to watch as well as pray. If we'll keep our mind on him, he will keep us in perfect peace. See, because what happened is this. He'll remind us, I'm almighty God that have all power. There's no higher power. What you want? You ask it. What, what, what it is you ask him? Uh, he already know before you ask, but he wanted you to bring it out your mouth and make it plain. Make it clear to him what you want. And once you make it clear what you want, he can do it. He will do it. He has done it. He's doing it right now, and he will do it again and again and again. He won't stop. He's able to always see us through over and over. He's always there for you. He's always the God that can fix it, the impossible for you. But we must believe that he is. That he is an impossible fixing God. <laughs> we must believe that he is on our side in spite of us. We must believe that he is the one that cares for us so we can cast our cares upon him. Many days he's just waiting on us to come. I can never accuse him of forcing me to do anything. But he know how to make a situation a certain way. <laughs> and you'll realize only God can fix this. I can't do nothing with this. 
not a thing. I done tried. I done beat it on the side to see if it'll fit. It won't fit. I done hit it in the top to bam it down in there. It won't fit. I lifted it up a little bit from the bottom. It won't fit. I went to the left side and banged on it. <laughs> it won't fit. Only God can. Yeah, only he can. Hallelujah. And I'm grateful unto him this morning. Thankful unto him. For there's none like him today. Listen, I'm going to one more uh, song request of the morning. And when we come back, we're going to listen to um, a testimony of this lady who was born into witchcraft. Uh, Many times the family practice it from birth. Their mother did it. Their grandmother did it. Their great-great-grandmother. Their great-great-great-great-grandmama did it. And she married somebody that his father did it. His grandfather did it. His great-grandfather. His great-great-great-grandfather did it, you see. So they come together. And witchcraft is not a good thing. Witches, uh-uh. Many times, I, I looked at that thing called the Wizard of Oz. Anybody ever saw that? Then I looked at the movie The Wiz, and they try and portray that there's a good witch and a bad witch. No, ma'am. No, sir. Either you for God or you're against him. That's what he said. Either you're working unto him or you're working unto the devil. Nothing in between. And many people don't know because they portray it as being angels of light. They portray it as being doing a good thing. But anytime you can call spirits to another person, you can harm people with these spirits. That's not a good thing. Look at the word. God said, love your enemies. He said, let the wheat and the tail grow together in the day of harvest. I'll do the separate. He said, vengeance is mine. He didn't tell us to fix it. He will because he knows how. If we want to fix something, love your enemies. You want to fix something, be kind to your enemy. Be kind to people you know don't care for you. Don't try to hang out with them, you know, and don't try to go where they are. No, just be kind when you see them, when opportunity presents itself, and keep on trucking, as they say. Keep it moving. Yeah. But we're going to listen to that testimony uh, right after this. We're going to wake up a little bit. Wake up a little bit.
but I'm in the middle of the dark on top of this, you know, this thing in the cemetery and I'm calling those spirits and I'm hearing all type of voices. I'm hearing voices, I'm hearing animals, I'm, I'm hearing trouble sounds and those things are coming into me. If you were raised in a family of witches, how could God get your attention? What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining us again at LED Live. We got a really exciting testimony today, but first I just want to thank all our Patreon donors, all the people that support this ministry. We truly cannot do this without you guys. There's a lot of ways you can support us. You can go to Patreon, you can go to our website for a one-time donation, or you can buy some really cool t-shirts that they sell over at lightwear.shop, and they're really good conversation starters about you know, sharing your witness. We call it wearing your witness. But we want to get into the story because I have my friend Fermi here who was raised in Haiti and her family was a family of witches. They were into witchcraft. Is that right? Yes, yes. My family, I was born in, in Haiti, yes. And uh, my grandfather, uh, Mike, um, was a chief of, of witches. Um, and it's very common over there. Um, you know, if he had the authority because he was a chief um, in, in that region. And of course, he practiced a lot of witchcraft. And so because of that, um, you know, I came right into the world through the, you know, through that family foundation. And, um, and of course, darkness, you know, um, was the thing that we lived not knowing that it was uh, so much of darkness because it was a common way of, of life. You know, until I came uh, into a relationship with uh, Jesus Christ, I started to understand the difference between light and darkness. Then I understand that I was living a life of darkness. So you were born in Haiti. You were born into this uh, culture that accepts witchcraft as kind of normal. Here, we're kind of, you know, a Christian nation, quote-unquote Christian. But over there, is there any talk of God or Jesus, or is it just all darkness? Or how exactly is the culture there? The, well, it is a Catholic um, okay. nation, but it's not really embraced from a religious perspective. It is, but uh, maybe, maybe a 1%. Hmm, okay. You know, a very, very small percentage of people who actually embrace it for what it is. So is it kind of like just good luck, charms and stuff or something? Uh, correct, uh, yeah. correct. So we'll go to church, but it's not really practiced. You know, I'm a churchgoer. Some people do not really um, get involved in the witchcraft, but they don't really have the foundation, the religious foundation either. Yeah. So they really have no foundation, and so they can easily be pulled mm. into the place of, you know, of witchcraft yeah. because they don't have anything from the religious, you know, perspective to sustain them yeah. and we know that the ultimate place to find safety is in God Amen. and he's given us instructions um, in the Bible we have the instructions yeah. um, on how to live safely not by putting statutes not by putting things around our homes he alone is enough to Amen. protect us Amen. now the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 12 Go and break those altars, mm, yes. specifically. He says, go and break those altars. Who is he telling to go and break those altars? Those who have the knowledge, yeah. like me and you. Mm. Right, Mike? Yep. And that's what we want to do here is we want to expose darkness. We want to bring the information to people so that they can now have the knowledge. Now the, <clears throat> the ball is kind of in their court at yep. that point. 
Because the Bible does talk about in the New Testament, it says that God winks at our sins committed in ignorance, but now commands all men to repent. Once you have the knowledge, mm-hmm. it's it's up to you. You have to make a decision. Exactly. And you can't choose to live in ignorance like, no, if I just if I don't know, then I can just know. It's our duty to seek truth like it's gold. I want to know, okay, I, I really i am curious about your story. So you were raised in Haiti. What's what's your childhood like? I want to know. I want to hear the whole story from where you were raised, what kind of things you experienced, and how God got your attention to where you're at now. Okay, well, to tell you my whole story, Mike, um, uh, you'd have to read my book. <laughs> okay. Okay, it has yet to be published, awesome. uh, but it will be pu- published uh, soon. Um, and that book will be The Power of Agreement, How to Agree with God and, you know, be in that place of light and safety. But um, just to give you a little, um, just a little bit about my testimonies. Yes, I was born um, in Haiti. Um, I came here to the United States um, uh, 46 years ago. How old were you? I was 14. Okay. Um, I'm now 60 years old, thank God. Is it a big culture shock? I don't know anything about Haiti. Is it like third when world came, or city? Thir- or? Yeah, th- third world. Okay, like yeah. what kind of like houses are like dirt it, floors and stuff? Or? Haiti is known to be the one country in the world that has um, uh, the worst level of development, no wow. development, and no infrastructure. Wow. So we pretty much have, we're so outdated in everything, backdated, mm. that, um, so I know that it is um, um, expert have studied, you know, the story of Haiti. So we are very much one of, I think, the, you know, um, the worst in development and all wow. of that. But there's a lot of resources, the potential for it to, um, you know, to be developed and be a resource. You know, as God would want it to be, it's there. However, um, but, and again, when when you grow up in a place like that, where there is no structure, where there is education, you know, is so outdated, mm. uh, you don't even have access so much. You have the Bible, but you need an education system. Yeah. So this keeps people more in darkness, okay? You, you, you don't have, because you're in a survival mode. Wow. Going to church, you're in a survival mode. Going to school, you're in a survival mode. In your neighborhood, you're in a survival mode. So being in a survival mode, can you focus on learning? No. Not much. And so growing up in Haiti, um, num- number one uh, reason why I had a shaky um, you know, childhood, kind of like the foundation was shaky, is because... Uh, again, being in a survival mode, my mother left me um, in Haiti at the age of three months old. Wow! So you were raised by my adopted aunt, parents, by 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 her, her sister, by her sister, um, and her husband. And so, um, so how did your mom flee? Did she leave somewhere? Did you never see her? Or? I did at the age of nine. Wow. At nine years old, uh, that's when I first met her. Um, she she left the United States. My hometown is miles uh, miles a few miles away from the Bahamas. You just cross okay. over an island, which is part of Haiti. Behind that island is the Bahamas. Okay. But on a wooden boat, which is how I got to the Bahamas, I was smuggled. Wow. Um, on a wooden boat, you can get there in four days. Okay. Whoa. Whereas if you're in a speedboat or uh, a cruise ship. You could get there in hours. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay? So wow. you, that goes to show you, you know, the situation in Haiti. And so I, I, my mom left me at the age of three months old in the care of, um, again, a family. I mean, we okay. We had some means, but very little. 
and so um and so because of that um you didn't have access to much um you know education yes i went to an all girls catholic school because um haiti has been a country that is um you know under missionary influence missionary you know um donations most of the things that we got for education came from missionary oh. and so we had an all girls catholic school that was from the catholic church and so if you had a few dollars for like my mom who was in the bahamas sending a few dollars you could afford to pay you know whatever you pay to send a child like me wow. to an all girls catholic school so that's how i you know i ended up in the um the catholic school but um life at home uh to to keep the family foundation or to keep the family in the place of safety my grandfather you know who was a a uh, chief of witches um he had his family into ceremonies rituals séances and all of those things and i'm talking about deep sacrificial blood animal mm. killing drinking of blood wow. deep um yeah, I've seen some of that stuff deep deep type of things but um to the family this is what we needed you know, he's a chief, and uh, he knew what to do to keep his family safe. We're thinking this is safety. We grew up thinking it's safety. We followed, um, not me, I mean, I'm saying we, I'm talking about the family in general. I was too small to even understand. But seeing that at such a young age and your family's accepting of it, you had to just feel like this is normal. It was normal. Yeah. It, it was the most normal thing. Yet I'm in school. I'm in an all-girls Catholic school. Wow. Um, you know, so you, you, you know, you have the lies all over you. And so, um, yeah, so as a little child, I remember just to fast forward, uh, you know, with the testimony. I remember when I, when I was of age um, of accountability, I was able to understand maybe I was about four, five, six years old. Um, once in a while, I think there was a seasonal time um, that we had to be taken to this witch doctor, not my grandfather, because he passed away before I was even born. Okay. I didn't get, but I was told of all the stories and the traditions continued hmm. with my family. And so part of the um, things that we had to do is to go to a witch doctor. And the ceremony was we had to be put, um, me and my little brother, because it was two of us that my mom left in Haiti. Um, he's about a year and a half younger than me. The two of us would be taken to a witch doctor um, somewhere by a cemetery. He used to live in a little mud house. Wow. And there, there was a well. There is a well in the middle of that little mud house in the ceremony, the drum beating and all of that type of, you know, uh, uh, witch music. Um, and then they would uh, put us inside that well. Um, there's How something, deep is the well? Like, huh? Like there's water down deep, there? Like deep well? Deep, yeah. deep. Water could be as high as, you know, um, your uh, 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 chest or up to your neck. Wow. And they would cover the well. That's got to be terrifying for a kid. You were a young child. But we were not terrified. Hmm. That's the thing. Wow. Because we grew up in it. it we, so we, we, it's made to us, it's presented as a normal thing. Yeah. It's a mind control type of thing. Wow. You're totally under that influence as if it's normal. Okay. And so we would be put in that. And this was in, you know, uh, uh, 
something that was done often. And every time we went, the ceremony would take place. And when we come out, it's, and I'm sure in their mind, you know, family members, the grown-ups, you know, that did that, and we coming out, we're, we're fine. You know, well, you can't speak back to your parents. Even if you saw anything wrong about it, you couldn't say right. anything. But to us, it was normal because we found that this was a normal way and we would go. Um, you go to school, something happened to uh, a, a schoolmate, and you go tell your parent, well, we're going to go after that child. Hmm. Voodoo would be done after that child. Wow. And you thinking, you know, you, you can't go to the police. You cannot go so voodoo is the way yeah. to deal with that situation, wow. you know. Um, and But you would never hear, you know, the good thing that they think that they're doing with that voodoo is, well, maybe we'll go feed the poor. Right. If we go feed the poor and we do that ceremony and feed the poor, but it was still witchcraft, wow. you know. And so growing, growing up with that, um, you know, it was just, like I said, a normal way of life. But you start understanding that, you know, um, once you come to maybe an environment where things were different, different where people would probably be speaking a little bit deeper hmm. of God or things that don't sound like what we're hearing at home. And you start processing, you're thinking, you know, there's something different, but you don't even know how to access what they're saying. Where would you hear stuff like that? Um, they would be um, right in front of my grandmother she had a little small tiny little mud house you know also but they kind of upgraded and put some cement around it but it was a tiny little house next to it was my mother my mother's house which was a little bit more you know uh, better uh, structure right across from my mother facing us is a church wow a seven day adventist church wow right right across from us i remember as a little child we would see people going to that church again they have church hmm. but we we don't know I, you know i have some things that are bla totally blacked out of my mind yeah. even now i cannot even remember back from those um uh, those days but i i think um, probably we would go to in front of that church listening to those you know, to the songs and people Just because it looked like, hey, there's something going on. Was, there's something going on. So we knew that church is going on across, and then in the evening, we have that voodoo ceremony that's going to start at midnight until 3, 4, 5 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, you probably thought this, uh, the world just kind of blended together, probably, right? Yeah, that, that's all it was. And also uh, growing up as a child in a third world environment with very little resources, um, you were every day more, uh, the, the thoughts were, we got to have food to eat today. Mm. Um, or when are, are we going to hear from someone who is abroad that can send some money? You know, or survival when survival mode, like you were saying. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So it's a survival mode. So to think about the deeper things of life that impacts the spirit, there was no, you know, you you had there was no focus on that. Wow, it's amazing because you're saying like you're so distracted with trying to just make ends meet, just mm -hmm. feed yourself over here. We're like a spoiled nation, but we're. Or the other way, it's like we're partying. Like we're too distracted. Mm -hmm. That was my my story. Was I was just every day it was work and then party, work, party. I was like, when did I have time to think about God or anything? Mm -hmm. And it was mm -hmm. just one particular day that all my friends were out of town or had something else to do that I was home by myself, and mm -hmm. that's when God spoke to me mm -hmm. in that one moment. Mm -hmm.
but but you know mike exactly god has a way of uh, pointing himself to you and he does it in ways that are not common to us yeah. he does it to the least expected people the least expected it could be an item you know that you know he's you see something and all of a sudden something is in your heart yeah. he has a way of doing that and uh, it's about his timing also amen it's about his timing amen. because he could have you know rescued me from all of that i mean i'm going jumping ahead a little bit he could have rescued me from that world of darkness mm -hmm. but he didn't do it until i was 37 years old so he allowed me to go deeper, deeper, deeper into the darkness so that when I did have an encounter with him, mm. you know, then I'd be totally sold out yeah. as I am today, Amen. as I am today. But, you know, I have to say also, Mike, and I, I would, I, I pray that the world will hear this um, because during those, my teenage years, I was raped. Mm. Um, well, all of that voodoo ceremony why didn't protect me from being raped? Right. Why did it not protect me? Um, as a teenager, um, 15, 16 years old, um, not, not only did I was raped by family member, 15, 16 in high school, at that time I'm already now in the United States, I'm gang raped. Wow. I am gang raped, you know, um, you this know, was in, in, the, in US, the United States. In the United all of that comes from um, the nature that you carry. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that you'd understand that once we come into a relationship with Jesus, we inherit his nature. Amen. And so because we inherit his nature, we, are, we do have a protection because he protects us. Yeah. If we don't have the nature of Jesus Christ, we have the nature of the opposite, which is Satan. Yeah. And Satan will cause things to happen to you. So all of that witchcraft, gives me a nature that attracts things mm. and it attracts the rape rejection abandonment you yeah. know lack of self-esteem yeah, every depression mm. all of that and so so there were so many things that i suffered you know coming from that place of witchcraft uh, witchcraft is witchcraft yeah. it, it 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 develops you into things that build you up, into more of it. You get deeper and deeper into darkness. And the end of it is death. Yeah. The end of it is death. And so, so as a teenager, going through that, I was a lost person. Not knowing that I'm lost. Yeah. I just know that my life was not normal. I just know that the place where I was, it was not good, but that's all I had. I had an environment that I could not change. Yeah. Because I depended, I depended on family member who they had, they had, uh, they knew about God, but they they did not know who He was. Right. They knew there was a God. They, they, so they couldn't, they could not have taught me about God. And so it was okay. It is what it is. Again, even leaving Haiti, coming across to a place that is better developed, right. coming to the United States. Um, you st I still had no knowledge of who God is. I'm still lost. Um, so now I have the freedom to do even more dark things because I'm in mm. a place where freedom yeah. is given to do more. Because where I was in that in 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 Haiti, um, you know, parents are very strict. Not only that, you you under the influence of witchcraft, but there's a level of strict, um, you know, ness in our homes that you know we get away with things here that right. you do not get away over there so it's it gets even tougher 
You know, um, you don't have the right to ask questions about things. You don't have the right to, in coming here, now you're starting to learn about freedom. Yeah, you'd be a little rebellious. And stuff. Rebellious, but you're still in a home that is by culture. You see that. Mm. So it makes it tough um, on someone like myself or anyone else who lives, you know, comes from a culture like that. It makes it really tough. And so life uh, was hard. And I believe destiny was playing a great part in my life. Mm. Destiny was playing a part in my life where um, I was not dead on purpose because mm. I could have died. Yeah, I was protecting you. I watch people in my, I, I watch peers, people in my circle, you know, who lost their lives, yeah. you know, due to that background and all of that. But again, destiny, you know, had a purpose in my life. And so um, um, I searched and I, I searched for answers. I asked and, um, and I even started to frequent the Catholic Church. You know, since I remember being in an all-girls Catholic church in Haiti, um, I would go to Catholic church. But it was just a way that maybe this is the only place where I could be a better person. But there was no knowledge that I needed, you know, to come out of that place of darkness. And so um, there was no strength. There was no um, balance, no boundaries, just living, you know. So that darkness comes from when I was born, and it just engulfed me in everything. Um, So, you know, my social life was at a minimum doing the best that I can, of course, you know, and you have the potential, you know, to live, um, you you know, life will take you through steps, you know, where you get the basic things that you need, but there's still no influence, Mm. no godly influence no spiritual, you know, no, no godly influence on my life. No. And so I remained, um, you know, a very lost person, you know. And it's not a place where anybody wants to be. Um, you are in darkness, but you don't know how to, I- to identify the darkness. Right. You kind of reach a place where you're like, uh, you feel like hopeless and you just kind of escape through, for me anyway, I, I knew nothing I'm doing is bringing me hope or peace but I I have to live I was born so I'm just gonna escape through drugs and alcohol and Mm -hmm. sex and music and just all these different forms of escape Mm -hmm. but you're still always plagued with like there's got to be more than this there's got to it's funny you say this that you're thinking there's got to be more than this and I did not develop you know that thought um, until years later Mm. that I'm better than this. Something inside of me is telling me, you're better than this, you know. But you said the word hope. Um, You don't, that word never even crossed your mind, Mm. you know. Because if you can think hope and you understand the definition of hope, that means there's a better day ahead. When you are in darkness, that word never crossed your mind. It has no meaning. You know, yeah. it's almost like it does not even exist in a dictionary, yeah. you know, because you never hear of it. And so it's just every day um, you and, and it's like um, I got to walk over everybody else to try to, you know, I got to I, I have to I have to step over everything I can step over. I got to do it. I got to push through everything I have to push through takes a lot of strength and courage that you don't even have. Yeah. So you in a world where. Nothing's to make, nothing seems to make 
any sense at all, except you get up every day. Well, what else? And, and you start getting used to the, to, to the things that you're going through. Yeah. You know, you start going, getting used to them. You know, uh, rejection. Okay, well, I know if I go through this, if I go to this place, it seems to be where I need to be today. Well, if they reject me, it's okay because that's all I know. You know, or maybe somebody's going to abandon me again. For example, living in that world of darkness, um, you know, having that nature, you know, um, you know, attracting everything that can destroy your life. You expect that, okay, well, someone else is going to rape me. What else is new? Mm. You know, you have a boyfriend and you think that, okay, well, all I have to do is have sex with him and it's, it's going to be okay. And you walk away. Yeah. You make that person happy and you okay and say, okay, well, another one. Yeah. So your life become a part, uh, like a, 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 a doormat yeah. for everybody to walk on. Wow. You know, your life become a, a doormat. But my, the, the, that place, again, with the destiny, you know, taking you through the process, your destiny, which you don't know, uh, is taking you through the process. Somehow, from time to time, you will find yourself in a place, it seems like, there is something that happens in your life that says, I think there's better. I think something better. And you want to find that thing that is connected, make it a little bit better. I used to find that um, in school. When I was in high school, um, mysteriously, um, I had friends. Of course, when you feel that you're rejected by everyone, no one accepts you, and you find one person who actually, you know, have a genuine conversation with you, yeah. and you're like, wow, I want to hold on to that friendship. Yeah. I want to tie myself to that friendship. And so there was a friend, a young girl in high school. Um, she had a Christian parent. This is a public school? Public school. Mm -hmm. um, she... She had a Christian, um, she had Christian parents. Both her mother and father uh, were Christians. And um, she would invite me to her house sometimes. Hmm. I'm thinking, wow, wow, somebody's inviting me to their house? You know, and so I would go, when I go to that house, I would sit at a table with the mother and the father and her and her little sister and they would take me in like I'm their own little child, wow. their own, and they would have, you know, dinner with me at a table. <laughs> I'm thinking, wow, this is good. I want more of this. Yeah. I want more of this. I'm probably at the dinner table, they probably saw the need, yeah. you know, to, to, to bring me to that environment. I didn't know that, but I think they probably, if they were Christians, I am sure, oh, yeah. you know, that God showed them that they needed to take me in. So often she would bring me to her house. Mm. And, and so I remember those moments and I cherished that friendship. But what it does to you before you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you now become codependent yeah. on that friendship. So that's another level of problem. Because you're sensing the peace that they have, but you don't know where it's coming from except that person. Exactly. And so you become, so you tie yourself to that, which is not really, there's no balance, there's no mm -hmm. boundaries. So now you want that. And, um, and so you hold on to that relationship. You want more of it. It's, a, it's the process of searching, yeah. searching for the light, searching for truth. 
all of that. Again, it's a step-by-step -step process. And um, your environment, your home environment, your social environment, you know, it all depends on that. You know, how fast will you find that place, mm -hmm. you know, of light? How fast will you find, you know, that place where you need to be? to have the life that you were born for. And so, um, yeah, so it was a tough life. There's a whole lot of other experiences that I've had because of the witchcraft, you know, in my life. Um, lot of other experiences. Um, everything that could take someone to the path of destruction, I think that um, the work of darkness, they worked it all, it worked it itself through me. Yeah. Throughout the whole process, it did. Got involved with the wrong crowd of people, got into intimate relationship with the wrong crowd. It was one thing after another. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, it was a tough place to be. And so, again, as we know, light and darkness. Darkness is darkness. It takes you down the path of destruction. At the end of it is death. You know, and you keep sinning. Yeah. You, you're living in sin and don't even know that you're living in sin, yeah. you know. And so um, sin, the end of sin, you know, a life of sin is death. Um, so you, you find, I find that um, uh, when I came to having a relationship with Jesus Christ, I began to understand that he is light. And the word of God says he came into his own, in his own did not receive him. Yeah. Um, he came into darkness, you know. He came into darkness. Darkness disappeared. Mm. When I came to that knowledge, and I came to understand, I have been living in darkness. That's why everything of darkness have been impacting, influencing my life. And I made a decision, I want to live in the light. Wow. I want the light to impact my life. And of course, everything of darkness starts chasing after me, oh, yeah. they're coming even more fierce, yeah. even, you know, with harder, um, you know, things into my life. But once I came to that knowledge and realized, um, and realized there is a better place to be, and that is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and I made a commitment. Yeah. I made a commitment, this is the life that I want to live. Not only that I want to live the light, the, the, the life, you know, in the light, I want deep knowledge. Because what I knew was of darkness. So if I was getting knowledge of darkness, now I need to know about light. Right. I need to study the about truth light. truth will make you free. Yes. How did you, okay, so you were hanging out with this family a lot. Is that where you started hearing about the truth? Um, I don't, I don't remember if that's where I started hearing about it. I think the very first time I really um, heard about truth, um, well, about Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. um, I started hearing about Jesus Christ the very first time. Um, it was, again, I, I was 30, 36, oh, 37, yeah, 36, 37. I believe that family had, was purposely, um, God put them in my life just so I begin to have an influence, an yeah. impact. Wow. Um, a seed planted. A seed planted. Because I cannot remember, I really cannot even remember the type of conversations we had. I just knew that the environment was inviting, yeah. and it was a place where I felt safe. But I cannot remember all of the conversations that wow. we had. So, when in your 30s, when you accepted Christ, what were, where were you getting this knowledge from? Where were you uh, getting fed? Like somebody was in your path that was sharing Christ with you, being a witness? Or I think... Um, I, I wouldn't say that I was being fed. I think I started to understand better 
that um, that I had a purpose, and I started to um, understand there was something different, mm. uh, something different, and it was better. And it started. It started after I had my first two kids. Okay. I was in a relationship. Again, wrong type of people, uh, drug dealing, mm. um, very dangerous. Uh, again, you know, I, I, I got to a place where the, the environment changed. Um, the circle of influence um, was even more dark, um, impacting with um, violence, mm. um, death all around me. People were getting killed. Um, because of the type of lifestyles that people were living. Um, drug dealing mm -hmm. was very, you know, a big part of that. Um, and I was involved with one. Wow. I was involved with one. Um, I had my first two kids, you know, you know, in, in that environment. Um, and so the way to have an identity back then was you get involved you start doing what they were doing. Yeah. For me, I was not selling the drug, but it was around me. It was what was being brought around me. Yeah. I knew, I had sense enough to know not to get involved in it, but I could not deny, you know, um, I could not deny having the presence of it yeah. because that's all I had, the support and all of that. So I was right in the middle of it. Oh. Um, never had the desire to do it, but I was right in the middle of it. Somebody could have shot me any time, yeah. any time, but it did not happen. And so, uh, but I started helping the person that I was involved with, with the process. Yeah. I started helping the person because it was a life partner. And, um, and you're in a partnership, in an rela intimate relationship with somebody, um, you're going to help out through the process. Yeah, it was almost and like employment. That was the work that brought the money in and all that. Exactly, exactly. And so because of that, you know, you had uh, a lot of people in that social environment that they were living right. They were living well. It mm. seems like, you know, they had it going on. Uh, you know, the social parties and, you know, everything seems to be, you know, well with them. But the Bible warns us. Yeah. I came to find out that the Bible warns us about that. You know, don't think that they're doing, in the book of Proverbs, you find out that just because they appear to be rich, they're mm. not rich. And so, so I got involved in it by helping through the process. Um, you know, um, I could have been, I, I was in an I was, I came to a time where I could have been arrested. Wow. I was right in an environment where I should have been arrested. And somehow I escaped it again, destiny. Sounds like God had his hand on you exactly. a long time. Not knowing. So destiny again had me to escape because that time, I don't know how I did not end up for decades in wow. prison. But I escaped it, um, going back to thinking about it. And so in the 80s, in the 80s, I was in 1980, between 1985, 1986, um, I got very, I was living in a depression. I had a deep depression. I have two kids at that time. Um, uh, the oldest one was three, three years old. Um, second one was about a year and a half going into 
and I was in a deep depression and physically I was so skinny like I was skin and bones you know not being able to eat you know mentally disturbed and and um, and of course that person that I was in the relationship with um, he got his superpowers by going to witch doctors Whoa. talk about you know this drug dealer guy yeah now he isn't bringing the witchcraft back in because so. that's how they get they, that's how they think they protect themselves from being arrested yeah. so they go pay a lot of money to witch doctors wow. to do things to cover them put things on their bodies you know call spirits mm. you know they think that they're walking in the superpower that they cannot be shot they cannot be arrested yeah. they, you know they, the drugs cannot be seen you know none of that can be done and so um, so as I got into depression, but my depression was about, um, you know, um, uh, you know, adultery, abuse, all of that was happening around me because, you know, uh, people are uh, living a life of um, uh, polygamy, yeah. you know, uh, they can have, uh, you know, a hundred women and none of us have we can't say nothing, yeah. you know, because wow. we're dominated, we're dominated. So my depression was about, you know, I'm like nothing, you know, I'm Still like... Still feeling like a doormat. Yes, I'm, I'm like a piece of trash, you know. Um, you have women around me, you know, um, just, you, 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 you like you have no life, you have no say-so. Whatever happens, you know, it is what it is. Take it or leave it, leave wow. it, you know, and so that's what... Um, that relationship was about so I got depressed I was living in deep depression two kids uh, two kids and um, and of course having friends that were in that same environment having the same types of boyfriends mm -hmm. they were all we were all in the same so you had none we didn't know how to tell any each other how to get out of it we were still in that same influence environment and so 85 again 86 80, 86 87 um, I was literally dying you know mentally physically and um, and that man in my life decided well I'll take you to Haiti hmm. we'll take you to Haiti we'll get some help and um, why Haiti because the witch doctors or something or? because witch doctors um, whoever can help me with that situation yeah. would have been but I think that I was lied to um, even I think that depression that I had um, made a way for him to take me to Haiti again uh, to use me because there's a thing about if you're a very smart person and they see you smart they feel that you are like their good luck person mm, okay. and to use you as a good luck person they'll take you to a witch doctor and kind of take control of your spirit wow. so that they can use that luck for themselves. Wow. Okay, so I think I was lied to when I was told that we're going to take you so you can see a witch doctor to help you get better, you know, to, to be healed. And so, but I think it was more so we're just going to sell your soul. Wow. Because you my you my lucky woman, you are my luck, lucky charm. Yeah. Okay? Um, and so that I understood because I knew enough about that growing up in the culture, in the environment. I knew enough about that uh, to know that part of that ceremony that went on, it was about that. And so, wow. yeah, went to Haiti. I went uh, with him. When I got there, um, I was taken up to a cemetery. Um, 
when I got to the cemetery, there was to be a three-day ceremony, a uh, three-day ceremony uh, to heal my soul. Wow. Um, I mean, that ceremony was intense, intense to the point where I had to drink stuff. I had to drink all type of stuff to get me prepared. You know, I didn't know what one day was going to lead, what the first day was going to be. I'm giving no instructions, nothing. Wow. I'm just told to do something and I must do it. You know, I must do it. And so, um, and so for two, three days, I was in this deep ceremony in a cemetery, all set up, you know. Um, did you have any faith in this or did you just? I had no it? faith in it. I yeah. didn't understand it, but I could not question anything. Yeah. Wow. Um, I was not one of those young women who had, you know, gut enough to question why is this happening. Mm. You know, I was lost enough. Yeah. You know, what am I going to ask? You know, I was lost enough. I couldn't ask. And so I had no faith in it. Never choose to practice it. But I'm taken into it and it was okay. Yeah. You know. Along for the ride. Exactly. And so here I am, um, you know, in that cemetery ceremonies going on on the... You know, on the second day, um, I was to be buried, and I'm buried alive. Wow. I'm buried alive. Uh, when they took me through, there was a lot of voodoo dancing and, you know, people masks, you know, uh, their faces looking like zombies and everything. I knew that because oh. I used to see those images, yeah. like we see with this Halloween stuff that's going on. Mm -hmm. You know, I used to see those um, images, and so because of that, um, you know, I knew when when I saw the coffin, they showed me a coffin, um, a banana tree with my name written on it. That explanation they gave me. Mm. And the explanation was in order to buy your soul, you know, from whatever spirit that's killing you, we need to bury you with this banana tree. We need to actually bury you and your soul need to stay with that banana tree. Mm. And And once we bring you out, you know, now you're going to live. Wow. You will be fine. I believed it yeah. because I know I'm sick. Yeah. So I'm thinking that, okay, if I have to go to that, you know, and I know all of the witchcraft that were being done in my life from a little child. So I'm thinking, okay, um, all right, so I'm going to be okay. I was okay wow. to be buried alive. That's you know? terrifying just hearing it. Yeah. <laughs> to me. And so the ceremony and those spirits, Mike, for anyone listening, hearing this testimony, hearing this story, they are real. Yeah. They are spirits in that world of darkness. Just as we know the spirit of the living God is real, mm -hmm. that he is alive. Those spirits also in the world of darkness, they are real. Mm -hmm. Because when they are called unto you, when they are spoken unto you, when, when you are being introduced to them, it comes over you and you actually are taken over by the spirits. Yeah, I knew it. Wow. Yeah, because I became unconscious. Wow. Because once they do that, I became unconscious, you know. And so the burial, I know that I was buried. Uh, when I came out of that coffin, you know, I guess they brought me back. They do have power, but there's, we, we know there's one power, right? right? There is one power that is above all that power. And of course, God warns us to stay away from those powers. Yeah. And so, um, so when they buried me, and, um, and the next step of the ceremony was to um, bury the coffin with the banana tree hmm. in it. My soul was to be left in the cemetery. Whoa. So that banana tree is still in Haiti somewhere. 
Wow. With my name written on it in a coffin in that cemetery. Wow. Okay, till today. Um, and because that's their, this is their thing. They're yeah. going to bury you and this is going to go down history with them that they did something to save somebody. Right. Okay. And so, um, so coming out, but I'm totally um, in a different place mentally, physically, or spiritually, what you call the spirits at the time, because uh, I'm not normal. Uh, I'm not that person that went down in that coffin. I'm breathing. I know people were around me. I'm conscious about everything, but I know something totally different happened to me. Wow. Uh, but the belief was, this is the process, and I'm telling them I'm not feeling well, I'm not feeling it's part of the, well, you have another day. Hmm. You know, we have another part of the ceremony, the third day, um, um, you know, that third day um, at midnight, hmm. this is when they're going to end the ceremony. Um, I was to be taken on top of a tomb in the, in, the, in the countryside of certain countries. And I saw that in Bolivia when we were there. The cemeteries are not like small tombstone and the little flowers. We have like those, what do you call them, those houses, like mausoleum oh, yeah. type of like, little yeah. houses. Okay. Those are big, you know, in, in Haiti. And so I was to go sta uh, stand on top of one at midnight. And at that time, they're going to call spirits on me. I was to be filled with those spirits, 12 oh. of them. 12, oh. 12 of the, and each one of them had a name. And I was to be far from the, from the everyone. And I could hear the ceremonies. I could, and they're screaming the names and screaming what I was to say to myself, speak to myself. But I'm in the middle of the dark on top of this, you know, this thing in the cemetery and I'm calling those spirits and I'm hearing all type of voices. Oh. I'm hearing voices. I'm hearing animals. I'm, I'm hearing trouble sounds. And those things are coming into me. Mm. I'm hearing them. Um, and I was naked. Wow. Totally naked. As I came out of my mother's womb, they put me on top of because now I'm being born into something else. As if I was not even deeper. It's totally a satanic counterfeit of being totally. born again, you know? Exactly. But you're in a graveyard, I mean. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. It, it is definitely imitating exactly what God says that he would do. Mm. You have to be born again in the spirit. Mm. So their way of keeping you deeper into the darkness or their way of keeping you alive, you've got to be born into this thing. And well, Satan so, is a, he's a deceiver. He mixes truth with error. Mm -hmm. He can't just come out and tell an outright lie because we catch on but you know he always spoke scripture mm -hmm. to Eve did God not say you could eat of every tree mm -hmm. you know he he spoke scripture to Jesus mm -hmm. and so you know he's he's taking what God has made and perverting it you have to die to the old you they buried exactly. you they had a die rebirth yeah mm -hmm. and so wow it's that's uh, amazing like mm -hmm. I just want to clarify that because like you know the new age and the occult people get sucked in because it mm -hmm. sounds so close to the truth. Mm -hmm. In fact, the New Age is like, I have books for research on New Age, mm -hmm. and it's literally scripture, tons right. of it. Yeah. We're going to reach Christ consciousness mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and all these things, um, but that's how, that's how it's so deceptive mm -hmm. because it's so close. Mm -hmm. But you know why? Um, it's because the Word of God is power. Yeah. The Word of God is alive. Amen. And, and God says it. His word is powerful. He knows that the sun has power. He knows that the moon has power. He knows that everything that he created, everything that God created has power. 
But he warns us that we have our limit. We should not be worshiping those things. Yeah. We should not use those powers. You know, you know, we should not we should not lean on those things as a way of life. He gives yeah. them power. You know, he, he has power in creation, but not for us to imitate him as God right. yeah. to control other people's lives. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not what it is. A tree was created powerful enough to grow from the ground yeah. to produce fruit for us to have food to eat, yeah. for us to have leaves for medicine. It's supposed to serve us. Exactly. But you don't go and serve the gods of the trees. It doesn't make sense. And so so Satan uses, of course, we know he's an imitation. He imitates God. And so he takes this thing all the way to the left, you know, trying to get the and he gets people lost into it. And people look for that power because why they're denying God. So if you deny God, then you're going to accept you know what Satan says, and so that's 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 the idea behind that world of darkness. Mm. You know that people use, and so so my going back to and you know I can end my testimony with that to speak about, you know how people come to live a life where you know you have no no strength, you you really have no strength, no power. Because I'm gonna be speaking about a skeleton life, mm. as I know it, biblically speaking, you know. And so coming from that cemetery on that day, that, uh, that night, um, I knew that I was possessed. Now you're hearing the voices and everything. I'm hearing them. Nightmares. Mm-hmm. I was not normal. I was not normal. How I got in that airplane to get to Haiti, to get to that place of that ceremony, those three-day ceremony, getting back on, back on that airplane, I knew that I was not going back home. I was in a worse state. Mm. I was sick physically. I, I was having deep depression. Now I'm mentally sick, and I don't know how to explain it to anyone. Wow. And the people that I knew, you know, I dare not say anything because this man that was in my life, you know, he had, um, he had very powerful influence around him. I dared not expose what was going on, but I, um, I knew enough to tell him that I'm not well. I'm even worse than I was. Hmm. Something is totally wrong. Well, he took me to another voodoo priest. Wow. When I got to Miami, he took me to another voodoo priest. And um, that voodoo priest says, I need to spend another three days with her. Wow. And he left me there with that other voodoo, voodoo priest, you know, um, and uh, that voodoo priest was again to rape me sexually. Wow. Because that's part of the, you know, that was part of his part of the healing. At that point, I was sick enough to say, you know, I don't care if I die right now. You're not going to no. touch me. Mm-hmm. I was powerful enough to say, I might die, but I'm going to die saying you will not touch me. Mm-hmm. I told him that. And so, uh, but the man left me there anyway. He left me with that voodoo priest. Um, And instead of raping me, sleeping with me, um, he did another part of witchcraft. He boiled a rock. Hmm. He boiled, he says, if he cannot sleep with me, and I think that was an intent to hurt me because I would not let him have sexual, you know, intercourse with me. Um, he bought a black rock, and he inserted it inside of me. Wow. And he took it out with his hand. He wrapped it um, in a piece of paper. Before he wrapped it in that piece of paper, 
he sent me to another cemetery. Wow. This is all in Florida, in Miami, Florida now. Sent me to another cemetery with a piece of paper in my underwear. And he sent some of his people to accompany me that I was to be in front of a cross because they have cross. Mm. They call it Bawon. That's the name of it. So anyone who is into witchcraft know what Bawon is, if you say Bawon. So um, at midnight, I was to be in front of that cross. No earlier, no, no later. At midnight, I had to be by that cross. And I was to stand in front of that cross. And I was to, uh, to speak certain things, and things were going to put over me, and then I would leave the cemetery. When I leave the cemetery, I would go by the ocean. I have to go by the ocean and renounce whatever it is they did to me. Oh, wow. Yeah, all of that in one night. I had to go by the ocean and renounce um, whatever they d did to me. Um, I had to go throw a coconut with a big gold chain in it. Yes, that was put oh. in my neck because that big gold chain was... Uh, I, anyway, all so symbolic stuff. All of that, and so um, so I did. When I got to the ocean, I had to calculate so many feet away from the ocean and um, to walk backward. Hmm. I have to walk backward. Walking backward means I'm not facing the spirits. Uh. <laughs> so I'm walking backward, um, you know, going to the ocean and take the gold neck chain out of my neck and put it in the coconut and throw it in the in the ocean, did all of that, and I had to be by him before one o'clock in the morning. All of that had to be done. And when I came oh. back to him, um, you know, he would take the paper, not me, he would take the paper out of my underwear. When he opened that paper, there was some handwriting on it. That yeah. wasn't there before? No. Oh. It's real. Yeah. It is real. It 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 it's it, it's real and people are saying no it 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 doesn't yeah, take all that well stuff, I man. lived it and it is real Ouija boards tarot cards stay away from all that stuff man stay away it is real uh, they have power but it's not the power of God right. and it's gonna lead you to destruction exactly and so um, in that paper there was a handwriting something I've never seen it's not anything I've never seen I don't understand it. Um, Apparently, through the process of manifesting in those spirits, the spirits had their way, or whatever that was in me. I don't know what it was. And so when I came back is when he took that rock, that black rock, and he wrapped it around that paper. I was to take that rock wrapped up in the paper and keep it next to me wherever I'm going to sleep. Mm. I'm going to sleep. Um, and I so thought that something really maybe because seeing that handwriting right. in that paper sure. i'm thinking something is real here right <laughs> something is real because that paper had nothing on it and so here i am now if i left that rock somewhere i'm thinking i'm lost i'm thinking something's mm. gonna happen now to you got me. faith in this in that rock rock yeah okay and so it is around me um forever cannot remember when i got rid of it um but at a certain point, I got rid of that rock because I didn't see anything good happening with it and all of that. But all of that um, take you to a place where the life that, and so much more, Mike, so much more happened to me that, again, all of that would be in my book for yeah. someone to read. But this is enough to tell you that, you know, someone's body going through that process from ch a child, you know, from birth, um, to an adult, you know, 
it's no joke. Yeah. It's no joke. And you are living a life that appears to be normal with people. Or sometimes you get yourself into situations where people know this is not good for her, but she got herself, got herself into that. Right. Now you start getting the blame. Yeah. Now you start getting the pointing of finger. Now you start getting people laughing at you, mm. you know. And so, um, so living that life is, um, it leads again to death because yeah. you don't understand it and you don't have anything to lean on. You don't have anyone that you know that can tell you. Somewhere along the way, um, I might have met someone who would speak about prayer, but I don't know if it made any sense. Right. You know, I don't know if it made any sense. I started going to Catholic church just because I knew that I used to go to church. Mm. That probably did something for me. I went to church, but there was nothing for me to get from there yeah. to help me with, with the life that I was going through. Um, and so um, I started to prosper at a certain place. And I believe because the influence of making money, mm. the drug dealings and everything, um, is there. So it's an influence. Yeah. So you go back to that place and say, well, if I'm going to make money, um, I can do this, I can do that. Um, and then there were things that were introduced to me. I was invited, you know, to get involved, um, you know, in, in certain things uh, socially and um, things that would uh, produce money. Mm. It, and it's like maybe those spirits probably yeah. were trying to show themselves strong. You're you know, talking about I like multi-level marketing? Multi-level yeah. marketing, not only multi-level marketing. I, I believe that I was smart enough also to get involved, you know, because, you know, going to school, I had a high school diploma. Yeah. You know, I was pretty much, I could articulate myself very well places. So some people saw some things in me, you know, that was worth putting me in a work environment, yeah. you know, where I can produce and everything. So I started doing well in the, corp in the work environment and stuff. And then I find that, um, you know, I had resources, money resources coming to me, whether it was legal or illegal, hmm. things were coming to me, things were just being introduced to me, money opportunities were coming from all different events. Wow. So I got used to, wow, I can make money, I can do things, and I'm needed, hmm. I'm wanted. Yeah. So you start doing these things, you know, and uh, to the point where, uh, while I'm still dealing with all those spiritual influence, um, you know, I had opportunities to meet people, you know, who were wealthy and they saw my skills, that I was intelligent enough, you know, to introduce me to certain platforms, um, you know, to help me. And I saw opportunities that were right open before me and I started taking them. Um, and I became a business person. I developed in the professional world, still under the influence. Yeah you know, of all those spirits, still under the influence. Um, I became my own business owner. I owned um, an insurance, insurance agency. I was the very first Haitian woman, you mm. know, um, who developed my own insurance, you know, business and was very well known. Wow. That gave me an identity. That gave me something, you know, in my community. Um, but I didn't know how to manage all of that. Still, I have no balance. Yeah. I don't have uh, I don't have a foundation. I I knew it all because at that point I knew enough to know that everybody else around me I knew better. Yeah. 
because I'm a business owner. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm striving. You know, I'm thriving. I'm doing things where I'm making a lot of money. I can have whatever I want. I can drive whatever car I wanted to drive. I can get my children the best. I can mm-hmm. support families now. I became somebody. Wow. I became somebody until the business started to. Yeah. Doors begin to close. That's how a lot of people get sucked into this stuff, you know, into the occult and stuff. They they start doing the ceremonies, the rituals, and it eventually pays off. It seems like, but then there's always a downside. Yeah, yeah, and I I think again, destiny steps in. Yeah, um, God steps in, Amen. you know, through destiny, and say, my appointed time mm-hmm. has come. You know, the in the story of Abraham, um, you know, he raised Abraham as the father of faith and also through Abraham yeah. all families of the earth will be blessed yeah. sounds like you know familiar to me yeah. um, that I'm gonna be blessed and I'm thriving and I'm thriving I'm getting you know and so but he told Abraham um, even uh, when it came time for him to bless Abraham with Isaac as the son of promise he's the mm. father of faith through him all families will be blessed yeah. so Isaac is going to be born but he sent an angel to Abraham, right? To tell Abraham, at the appointed time, I will come back. Yeah. Right? He did not just give him that son at that time. At the appointed time. Mm-hmm. So the appointed time will come. And the appointed time came when he showed up and told Abraham, you're going to have a son. And it happened. Right. So I think to all of us, God will show up at a time. You'll have that voice. However, by whatever means that he's going to talk to you and say, I'm coming back. Yeah. And you're waiting for him to come back. And so at that time... Um, that the business was thriving and I'm doing well. I mean, I could have anything, anything that I wanted because I was doing so well financially. Uh, But that money that I was making, uh, the things that I possessed um, was not, they were not blessings of God. You know, it was Satan that wanted Mm -hmm. to keep me in that place of darkness. And so um, in Psalm chapter 10, some people don't think that Satan can bless you. Oh, yeah. Some people will say no. He offered Jesus all the kingdoms of the world. Exactly. Amen. So so he knows how to imitate God again, you know, to bless people. And so um, in Psalm chapter 10, he says that Satan lurks in low. He lurks in dark places, in mm-hmm. hidden places, you know, and he creeps around and he blesses the needy. Mm. Wow. That is in Psalm chapter 10. He blesses the needy. Yes, Satan blessed people. No. That's not the blessings of the Lord. No. That's an imitation of the blessings of so God. It's a bribery. It's a scheme. Exactly. So yes, I was being blessed. Yes, he wanted to show me who I am. Because um, Satan knows that when a person is on purpose, God has a plan. So he's going to imitate that to mm. show you you can do well. He brings wealth. Like you said, he did that to Jesus. He brings the wealth, and you don't know that. You embrace the wealth, you get involved in it, and you're being blessed. But in my my journey, when I got to that uh, place where I believe it was time for God to say, now that I've shown you enough about you, who you are, what you're able to endure, why you suffered, Mm. why you're able to make money, the gifts that I have in you, I didn't understand it then. Um, I think he came at that appointed time and said, it's time for me to knock all of that out of your life. That knocking was hard. Mm. The Bible says says that the word of God is like a hammer. 
Yeah. Oh, my God, Mikey. Mm. The word of God is like a hammer. Yeah. He says he comes like fire mm. and like a hammer. What does that mean? God will use his word like fire to burn everything off of you. Mm. He will destroy everything by his word like fire. And he will turn those things into ashes so that they never come back Amen. over you again. He will use his word like a hammer to take you out of that mold of witchcraft. Mm. So he came, he showed up, and began to turn everything. I didn't understand it. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Didn't understand it. I have an identity. Yeah. I know people. What's wrong with you, God? Mm. I have three different luxury cars in front of my house. I own a house. I have, I'm showing off. Yeah. My neighbor sees me now. You know, what are you doing? So in that business, as the doors begin to close, money was not coming anymore. Mm. Every source, every source of money shut down, every door. Uh, and I thought, wow. I said, okay, I'm going to call for a voodoo priest. Mm. I paid money to get one from Haiti to bring to my business. Wow. Um, had a good friend. Um, who used to visit with me and um, and the person said I can get you one I know one who's very powerful and I said okay how much does it cost I had money I said how much does it cost I'm gonna go ahead and um, you know I'll, I'll pay to get him and flew him over uh, from Haiti uh, to wow. come to Miami um, shut my business down one day I said let's get this thing done let's reopen those doors let's wow. get me back into the flow of money so this voodoo priest came with my friend and we're in the back of my office and we're doing all of that witchcraft and he had a little aluminum plate and, and he began to put a fire. He's raising up fire and throwing all of these things in it. Something picked me up from the inside and said, tell that man to get out of here. Whoa. I got up. I got up. I kicked that aluminum plate with the fire. Don't know why the place didn't burn that day. No. I had fire cabinets. I was selling insurance. This is back in the days we didn't have internet access where yeah. things were, you know, paperless. I have files everywhere. Kid that, that plate with the fire and I said, get out. Wow. Leave now. Enough. Kick both of them out of the, and I got on the floor and I screamed. And I cried. And I cried. And I'm, I cried. I'm like, okay, that's it. This is it. There's nowhere else to, no, nowhere else to turn. I don't know what else to do. So I kicked that man out, out of the place. And at that point, I said, okay, I don't know what else to do. I have no idea. You know where to go from here. Um, and I collected myself, collect myself back. And I thought, I got to do something. I have a cousin um, who lived in New Jersey. A um, couple of days later, she came from New Jersey to Miami to visit, and she came to my business, to my office to visit. And I'm telling her what I'm going through. She passed away now. Mm -hmm. uh, she passed away. And um, so she fulfilled, you know, in my life. <laughs> mm -hmm. So she passed away. And, um, and she said, why don't you move to New Jersey? Come to me. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, that'll work. That will work. Because I don't know anyone. I don't have to face anyone. I don't have to be put to shame. It's a fresh start. Fresh start. I don't care what it takes. I will, I will move. And I start making, you know, packing my things and making decisions and to go. 
And I really left in a way where, you know, I fixed nothing. I was in a place where there was no, there was no way, there was no way to fix anything. Things were so bad that I could not put anything back together. Mm. So I just walked away. You know, I left, I did leave some people into situations that I knew that were beyond me, but I couldn't explain. I could not explain what was going on. Um, And so I left. I was just trying to find a place to hide. Um, And of course, a lot of people thought when I left Miami, they thought I went to prison. Excuse me, because people thought that I, they knew what I was, you know, what I was in, people that I was involved with. And so they thought, you know, I must have gotten myself into some federal situation and all of that Mm. but they had no idea what was going on so packed up my things um i took my two oldest at that point i have three kids um packed up my things to uh, take took the little one my um my little daughter she was five years old and i left the two oldest ones um with family members and i thought let me go ahead and establish myself in a place and um, i'll come back you know for my kids um so I went to New Jersey. Um, I started um, an entry-level receptionist job at an insurance company, right up my level of experience and skills, you know, just for minimum wage. Um, I went, um, but I didn't have enough to support my life. Not coming from, you know, living financially, you know, the way I was living and having a job where I was getting paid $10 an hour, yeah. <laughs> you know, how do you feed three kids? Uh, you know, how do you feed yourself, put gas in your car and, and stuff like that. And so um, so I got this entry-level job at an insurance company in New Jersey, um, and I began to get depressed again. The depression started coming back. Um, and there was a young lady who worked, who was in a cubicle next to me, um, who would um, introduce me. To prayer every day um, wow. but I was getting upset the last thing I wanted to hear was prayer mm. who are you to think you know that you can help me yeah. you know and of course I was very private at the time I'm not telling anyone the only person who kind of knew in New Jersey what I was going through was my cousin yeah. you know because I was staying with her um, for a while and so when this person started talking about prayer you know, I'm rebuking her. I'm like, you know, you know, get away from me. Stop. Mm. And I'm yelling and screaming, you know, because I had voices inside of me, you know, speaking other things to me. And now you're telling me about prayer. What is this thing about prayer? Yeah. And, of course, I would hear her conversation with other people. She was Pentecostal. Mm. Okay. So, you know, how they get deep into uh, prayer and, uh, you know, the deep things of the spirit and very energetic and everything. Mm. I'm thinking, I don't need this. I don't need this, but daily, daily she would talk to me about prayer, daily. And um, and I'm constantly, you know, rejecting and getting away from her. A year later, Mike, a year later, 1999, I moved to New Jersey, um, May 8, 1998. A year later, uh, sometime around October 1999, um, I knew this was it. I couldn't take it anymore. Mm. Could not take it anymore, and I thought, this is it. I got to end my life. Oh, man. Mm. I, I got to end my life. Um, you know, I, I, there's, there's no other reason for me to live. I got to end my life. And so um, just as I was preparing myself that day, you know, to take my life and my children's life, 
um, there was a knock on my door. I was stirring a poison. Wow. I was stirring a poison. I'm going to take poison with my kids, you know, to end my life. And um, guess who came to visit on that day, knocking on the door, that Your, friend. That girl in the cubicle next to you. And her name was Hope. <laughs> Hope, wow. Her name was Hope. She knocked on the door, and when she came, and that's when I came face to face with, you know, my destiny helper, you could call it, mm -hmm. you know, and um, and I just dropped on her chest. Wow. And I screamed for my life. And she held me, and she took me to, um, to her place, and, you know, just took care of me for that day. Wow. Um, but I went to another place that day. I don't know what happened. I... I couldn't figure out what happened. I couldn't figure out, I could not put the date together. All I know is that I don't know what's gonna happen now, mm. you know? And, but I knew that hope on that day, you know, was my saving grace, if you call it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so I went to her house and she prayed with me and uh, took care of me for that day. Um, most of those things are blocked from my conscious. I don't even remember the whole process because it was an intense situation in my life. Yeah. You know, my life was intensely, you know, uh, influenced by, by that wor world of witchcraft and darkness. And so, so that Sunday morning, the next day, um, I felt different. I felt somewhat, you know, a bit relieved. I'm not dead. Yeah. So whatever it is that kept me alive, I thought I'm going to visit that Catholic church. Um, it was the name of it was Sacre-Cœur, Sacred Heart. Mm -hmm. I went to visit that church, you know, and I said, okay, well, if there is a God who saved my life, I'm going to go mm. um, and um, kind of see what happens from there. So I went to church. After Catholic church, I'm coming up my steps to my apartment, to that place where I lived. And halfway up the steps, there was a voice. Um, it said, for the sake of friendship, why don't you visit her church? <laughs> you are alive today because of her. Mm -hmm. So why don't you visit her church? I turned around, turned around and went to her church. Wow. I went to a Pentecostal church, never been to a Pentecostal yeah. church. So I walked to the doors and uh, I'm seeing all of that energy and I said, this is not church. <laughs> this cannot be church. It doesn't make sense. It's not church. Yeah. And so... Um, so I went to church, and of course I'm acting up, and the rebellious person that I am, I'm trying, I'm like, I'm looking at the pastor, I'm looking at everybody, thinking mm. all these fools, yeah. you know, and I'm looking at Hope behind me, because she was an usher in the church, and I'm pointing finger at her, because the message that the pastor was preaching that day was directly into my situation. Um, so while we're finding truth today, uh, we're finding a better place of learning, more discipline, through the process of God rescuing us. He mm. takes us to those different places. Amen. It may not be the ultimate place of learning right. to find the truth, the truth that we need, but he'll take us to the process that, that we're going to hear. Yeah. He can, if he can make Stepping a donkey down. to speak. That's right. Yeah. If he can make a donkey to speak. So... At that church, I went and the pastor was speaking directly into my situation. Mm. So I've never heard that before. Never understood what a sermon, you mm. know, how deep a sermon can get. 
I'm looking at hope. I'm thinking, how dare you mm. tell this man everything about my life? Wow. Oh, yeah, I wanted to choke her that day. I'm thinking, how <laughs> dare you? You know, because at that point, I'm, I'm ready to live now. You know, mm. I'm ready to live. I'm ready to fight everything that's coming against me. Yeah. So not even you're going to tell this pastor, you know, about me. And so, um, and so I told her. Um, and she said, no, she used to call me Mimi. She says, no, Mimi, just sit back. And they had me at the front of the church, mm. right under the pastor's breath. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so she said, just sit down. Listen, it's the Holy Spirit mm. talking to you. I'm like, okay, all right, Holy Spirit, talk to me. I want to hear. But somehow through the, through the rest of that service, I was subdued. Um, you know, I started paying attention. Wow. And I started manifesting in whatever I was experiencing. I'm sure it was the power of God at that time. He's making himself known to me. When I left that church, when I left that church that day, I remember the environment was better. The trees were greener. Mm. People look good. I'm yeah. like, okay, something happened today. Wow. I need more of that. <laughs> Didn't understand the depth of it, but I need more of that. And so I believe it was the next Sunday after or maybe the second week after, the, you know, I was ready to be there in that place to hear that pastor again. Wow. I wanted to hear that pastor again to see if he's still going to be speaking truth, you mm -hmm. know, speak, speak something that I needed to hear. And there I was ready to embrace whatever that was. You know, I was ready to embrace that power. I was ready to say yes. And I understand that it was Jesus Christ Amen. that I faced on that day. And um, so I was first, you know, in front of the pastor when he made the altar call. I was first in front of him. I said, wow. I want that. Amen. I opened my arm. I said, I want that. And Mike, the power of God instantly overtook me. I knew, I knew on that day that I became a new person. Amen. Um, I wanted more. He gave me a hunger on that day. He gave me a thirst on that day. I'm calling everybody that yeah. same day. I started calling everybody that I knew. I started calling all the hypocrites who were in my life, yeah. talking about God. I said, did you know about this? Did you know about this? I said, I just learned this. Now I wanted a Bible. Yeah. I need somebody to give me a Bible. Um, Hope got me a Bible. Mm. Um, and so I started reading the Bible. And so from there, I made a commitment that I am going to serve you, God. I am going to serve you because you are real. Amen. From this time forward, take my hand and lead me. There is a place of a still small voice, a quiet place. If you allow him, he will speak to you. If you will hear our testimonies, if you want to live, if you know that you were born, you were destined to live, you can live. You can live. If you feel that you've been weak like those skeletons, you've lost your strength, you have all the money in the world. You have everything that you need, but somewhere you feel so weak and it doesn't seem as if there is no doctor, there is no professional, there is no source, anything in life that can bring you strength. If that is you, 
I am here to tell you that he is willing and he is able to reach you in that place and he will speak to you in his own place because he has created an environment already. Each one of us, every single person has a unique place of meeting with him. And it is my prayer today that you will hear this word and that you will allow him to take you out of that place of doing things in your own way, celebrating, you know, celebrating him instead of celebrating those things in the world. So I encourage you today to seek the light. Seek the light and let that become a part of your life and take it from there. And I pray that you become a person who will pray to God and ask you to maintain that relationship with him so that you can live in light and celebrate the light instead of darkness. Amen. Thank you so much for sharing that powerful testimony with us. I hope you guys were blessed like it by it the way I was. I mean, it's a really a redemption story to show that we're never too far gone for God. You can be in the depths of witchcraft and God still wants you. He desires you. He's going after you. He loves you. And he, He'll try everything He can to get your attention. He's in that still small voice. He comes to bring you life and life more abundantly. He wants to pull you out of that darkness that leads to death and destruction. I just pray that you guys would share this with any family and friends that need to hear this message. And if you were blessed by it, give it a thumbs up. It really helps get this uh, video out into the algorithm so more people can see it. If this is your first time and you're not a subscriber, please click that subscription so that you can catch videos like this. We have lots of videos about all kinds of stuff. Yeah, put your heads together right now. Listen, I don't know where you're listening to this at. Maybe in your car, or you're at the crib. Maybe at the mall, the country club. Maybe in the hospital. You could even be on lockdown. But I dare you to get this in your spirit. Speak to your situation and say, I will rest. Oh, yeah. Put your hands together. Freddie P, can you let him know something? I will bless his holy name. Whether it's good time, sorrow, sunshine, or in rain. Everything in me will find the reason to bless his name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can you help me? Every instrument.
a hallelujah. What a testimony this morning. My goodness, my goodness. I was trying to get to the uh, MPB, I think it is, uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina, so that we could hear the preacher, and we may be able to get to it. But what a testimony. Woo! That witchcraft is no joke. It is no joke. Hallelujah. We thank God we found Jesus and we got him and we sticking with him. Almighty God who have all power. There's no higher power. We, we don't want to go nowhere else. Hallelujah. But to the Lord. So listen, we going in with the MPBC of Raleigh, North Carolina. We're going in with their Sunday worship service and take a listen. They're going to do a little bit of singing, but he's going to bring the message. Hallelujah. Let the church say amen. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. It is good to see each of you out in today's uh, weather. Amen. And praising God this second Sunday as we pay tribute again to all of our veterans. If you're a veteran, just please stand all our veterans. Amen. Amen. Let's give them a hand clap of praise as we honor them uh, today. Amen. God is so good and worthy to be praised. So as we... Uh, Clap glad hands and enter this season of Thanksgiving uh, as we press our way through the holidays. We're just so thankful that God allowed our moments to roll on yet another time. I want to thank the devotional team for leading us in Sunday morning devotion. If you have not come on at 930 on Sundays, amen, you are missing a treat. So as we get into our worship, our praise team is going to come and give us a song, after which we have scripture by Reverend Brown and prayer by Dr. Gill. Let us enjoy the Lord.
Nobody but you, Lord. Nobody but you. Nobody but you, Lord. Nobody but you. When I was in trouble, you came to my rescue. Nobody but you. When I was in trouble, nobody but nobody you, but you Lord. Nobody but you. Oh, when I was in trouble, you came to my rescue. Nobody, nobody but you, Lord. Nobody but you. Well, Lord, Lord you heal the sick. And you raise the dead With two fish for loaves of bread Five dozen hungry souls you fed You did it but it, Lord You can do it again Nobody but you, Lord Nobody but you Nobody but you, Lord Put those hands together Nobody but you, Lord. Nobody, not my mother, nobody, not my father, nobody, not my sister, nobody, 
no my brother, nobody but you. You Lord, you Lord, nobody but you Lord, nobody. One more time, one more time, nobody, no, nobody, nobody but you, Lord, can open doors for me. Nobody but you, Lord, keeps on making a way. Nobody but you, Lord, can make summer come in June. Nobody but you, Lord. Nobody but you. Nobody can do me like Jesus. Nobody can set me free. Oh, nobody. 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 Not my mother. Not my father. Not my sister. Not my brother. No, no, nobody. Nobody but you. Nobody but you, Lord. Nobody but you. Nobody but you, Lord. Nobody, 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 salvation for walls and bulwarks. Open the gate that the righteous nation which keeps the truth may enter in. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever for in Yah the Lord is everlasting strength. For he bring down those who dwell on high 
the law of the city. He lays it low. He lays it low to the ground. He brings it down to the dust. The foot shall tread it down, the feet of the poor and the steps of the needy. The way of the just is uprightness. O Most High, you weigh the truth of the just. The foot shall tread it down. Yes, in the way of our judgment, O Lord, we are waiting for you. Desire of our soul is for your name and for the remembrance of you. With my soul I have desired you in the right in the night. Yes, my spirit within me, I will seek you early. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Let grace be shown to the wicked, yet he will not learn righteousness. In the land of uprightness, he will deal unjustly and will not behold the majesty of the Lord. Lord, when your hand is lifted up, they will not see. They will see and be ashamed for their envy of people. Yes, the fire of your enemies shall be shall devour them. Lord, you will establish peace for us, for you have also done all our works in us. Thus is the reading of God's word for the people of God. Lord God, we pray for the man that you 
have placed here as our shepherd. God, I pray now that you would continue to dip him down deep in the storehouse of knowledge. And God, that you would give him boldness like never before. I pray, God, that even during the midnight hours, you will talk to him. I pray, God, that as he goes to and fro throughout the day, God, that you will minister to him. I pray, God, that whatever he does, Lord, that you would make it turn to gold. That's your promise, God. And I stand on it now on his behalf. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Lord God, I pray for the deacons of this body. I pray, God, that they will continue to uphold the pastor. I pray, God, that they will minister according to your word to the widows and the orphans. I pray, God, that they will be Bible-believing men. Lord, believing and teaching and leading the way. Thank you, God. Glory to your name. And Lord, I pray for every man and woman, boy and girl in this assembly. I pray for those who are watching at home. Lord, I speak life into them according to your word, that no weapon formed against them shall prosper, and that every tongue that rises up against them shall be condemned. I pray, God, that if we wait upon you, Lord, that you will do what you need to do. I bless you now in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord God, when it is our time to die, but no, we know, God, we can't stay here. We're, we're journeymen. We're travelers, God. We know we can't stay here. I pray, God, that we will enter into that home that you have prepared for us, that place where there is no more weeping, no more tears, no more sorrow, but it's just joy day and night. I pray, God, that we will join in with the 20 elders, that we will fall on our knees before you and say, glory, glory, glory. I thank you, God, for that place. In the meantime, God, as we continue to travel, give us traveling shoes. Let us not be weary in well-doing, knowing that in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Thank you, God. Now, Lord God, bless each one here. Lead us and guide us and teach us, Father, that we might be worthy. Hallelujah. Thank you. And the people of God now lift our voices and say, glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Amen. 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 scripture and Dr. Gill for that powerful prayer. God is so good. 
want to take this time to welcome each of you again to the house of worship. If you're visiting with us for today, we trust that you feel a sense of God's love in this place. As you're watching, and we pray and hope that you feel the spirit of God wherever you may be. Uh, we ask you to invite you, if you're visiting and you're watching, amen, to please uh, go to our website. Uh, you can uh, give your information so that we can reach out to you to show you love and continue to show you God's mission, his message, his plans of salvation. I want to uh, pause and just uh, four, uh, four or five highlights here. I just want to thank the Pastor Aiden Care Ministry, uh, the ministerial staff. We say we want to thank you all for the month of October and how you all showed your appreciation to the clergy here and all the great things that you continue to do. Again, I want to thank our, uh, uh, for the last two months our devotional team, uh, the impact that you are continuing to make at that ministry grows on Sunday morning. Join us at 9.30 a.m. and be a part of that devotional service. Uh, good old singing and testimony service and prayer. Amen? And so as we prepare for the holidays, uh, our missions ministry is getting ready to do uh, their uh, uh, annual salvation um, army uh, Christmas angel tree. Amen. On next Sunday, Sister Marsha Bear and Dr. Gill will have the names of the families that we will adopt and support this Christmas. I invite you, if you want to go ahead and give Dr. Gill your name this morning, uh, that you would like to participate and bless somebody uh, on uh, that uh, on Christmas. Amen. And so, and show some love to an, another family that's in need. I invite all of you to please join me. Join me next Sunday at 6 p.m. at Mount Vernon for our annual giving uh, uh, evening of Thanksgiving fellowship. Uh, Mount Pleasant will be preparing a catered uh, food that, that evening. And so we want to bring us together, amen. And so uh, down here on earth, come on somebody. So as we unite with Mount Vernon continuously, amen, we invite you to come for one hour to embrace uh, uh, Thanksgiving season. Uh, and tradition passed, amen. It used to be the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, but Pastor Scott and I have discussed. We think Sunday uh, is better, amen, and we can come in and that you can enjoy the rest of the week with your family as you prepare for Thanksgiving. So on Sunday, next, we have 10 o'clock service, then 6 o'clock service uh, on next week. Uh, I, I just, as I get ready to uh, preach God's word, as you all continue to pray for me, uh, pray for my family, uh, on the website, uh, there are two things that we, we are advertising for a job on an uh, office manager here to be here at the church three days a week and on Sundays to help us move the church forward uh, as we continue to press. If you know someone, please tell them to go to our website. The other interesting thing, six years ago today was the first day that I stood in this pulpit as your pastor on the second Sunday uh, in November, and I'm honored. And so on the website, there's a pastoral review that I've been working on all year long just to reflect on my journey uh, here at Mount Pleasant. Things. So I invite you to go to the website, look at the pastoral review, and look at all that we have been doing. I always tell people all the time at the end of the day, uh, if you want to come to me and talk to me, anything to help to keep the church growing in faith and in God, amen, those are things that we need to do. Uh, half those times have been pandemic since. And I do thank God for my grace and the mercy that has kept me. I'm not perfect, amen. I've probably made a lot of mistakes, uh, seen and unseen. Come on, somebody. And we all fall short. And so at the end of the day, uh, I believe honesty is always good for the soul, uh, most important in my heart. So as I reflect today, even though my anniversary is celebrated in March, 
this Sunday is always special and dear to me because it's the day that God told me Mount Pleasant was the place to be. Amen. So as we continue to grow, we thank God for his grace and his mercy and all that he continues to do. Also, uh, eight years ago, amen, I tell people all the time to acknowledge Veterans Day. Uh, Veterans Day, eight years ago, uh, as I continue to grieve over my brother, even though he's been gone eight years, on Veterans Day, I remember the day of the hour. And that day always is special to me as well. As God continues to give me strength, give me the, the grace and the things that I need, I thank God for today's sermon. Blessing of trusting in the Lord. Amen? The blessings of trusting in the Lord. So as you receive a word from God, as you prepare your hearts and minds, Psalms 112, as we embrace God's word this morning. God bless you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I thought he was going to come right in with the preaching right after the church announcements. Because that's one thing about a church service. They give a lot of announcements. But this morning, we're going back uh, and talk about the woman that was born into witchcraft. And I heard another testimony from a different lady who said her dad died from witchcraft. We may play that one tomorrow. It's a shorter one. And it's real. It is real. And people do all this kind of stuff. 
not knowing one thing that she didn't say, but one thing that I've known from people who ever worked witchcraft. In the South, many times they called it roots. Uh, they called it going to a two-headed doctor. They called it many different things. And most times the people that I've known who work this kind of stuff, they come back to their children. Yeah, a lot of times they have children who have great mental health problems. Yeah. So you heard all of this stuff she did. They buried her alive. I said they was burying her like Christ was buried, and she raised back from the dead. Well, she wasn't dead. She was buried alive. You heard her talk about the rock. He boiled the rock and inserted it in her. And when he pulled it out, there was a writing on the rock. There wasn't on the rock, uh, uh, on a piece of paper before he entered that into her. He did that because he could no longer rape her and all this kind of stuff. Come out, he uh, 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 doing some kind of spiritual whatever. I've seen this stuff in other places. There was a video on, I'll see if I can find it, on YouTube where the preacher was going with a lady and he said it was in the name of God. And you have all kind of stuff out here now. All, this is why we have to be careful. And this is why I go back to the old path and I try to stay on the old path, taking a look around all the time. Because there's a lot of stuff out here. And today it's even more. You heard her talk about the drug dealers and how she was involved. And he was the one who was taking her to all of these people in Haiti and having three-day rituals and all this stuff. Yeah, that's not God. He said, come unto me, all that are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You don't even have to use water. You don't have to use olive oil, but you do have to use your faith, and you do have to trust in God. Every time we look at Proverbs 3, 5 through 7, it simply says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. And all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct that path. Acknowledge me, talking about him, almighty God. And he shall direct our path. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. God have it all in control. Well, she told us in the beginning, they went to these kind of people, especially the drug dealers, because it would give them control. The, uh, uh, the police or robbers wouldn't see the dope they had, wouldn't see their money, wouldn't see nothing that was going on with them. And she mentioned this too. The only power is the true power of God. But we must believe that he have all power. And there's no higher power. And we got to continue to come to God by faith. We must continue to lean on him, depend on him. Whatever we need, we must go to him. Lean not to your own understanding. Be not wise in your own eyes. We got to seek God for everything because after all, without him, we can do nothing. Absolutely nothing. 
I know we think we can. Uh, we wake up, we this, we that, we go to work. Yeah, many times you don't feel like doing something, but you get it done. That's because of God. Yeah. He decides. We can decide to go to him, but he makes the, the, the decision about our lives. Because before we were born, he already had a plan for us. He already had a purpose. You often hear me say, he didn't wake up one day and say, you know what? I think I'll make a Barbara today. I'm going to make Barbara. And this particular Barbara, I'll decide later on what I'm going to do with her. No. When he decided to make this Barbara, he already had a purpose and a plan for this Barbara. But this Barbara had to find out what it was that he would have her to do. The day I got serious with God, I'm talking about the day I told him, if you are real, I want to be just as real in you as you are real. And I meant it from the, with everything I had, I meant that thing that day. Guess what happened? He come in to do it. I couldn't do it for myself. I couldn't save me. I couldn't change my lifestyle. I could do nothing with me. And I had a mind. I had a heart. I had eyes to see, but I could not do anything with me. I had to go to him. Once I went to him, he in no wise turned me away. When I went to him, he was glad I come. Heaven rejoiced that I came to him. Because I became a part of the heavenly family that day. Yeah. I became a part of him that day. And he fully became a part of me because he already knew me. I really didn't know him. I knew of him, but I didn't know him. But once I gave my everything to him, I began to learn about him. Back to the scripture that says, come. All that are burdened and heavy laden, I give you rest. You heard me say many times, take my yoke upon, take yoke and, and learn of me. But my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We got to go to him with everything. If you need money, go to God. If you need a place to live, go to God. If you need a car to drive, truck to drive, whatever, go to God. You need a job, go to God. You need to heal it, go to God. Family in trouble, take it to God. Want to be married, take it to God. But now when taking all of this to him, have patience. You got to have patience to wait on him. My daughter told me this, Mama, the fake always come before the real. The fake going to come before the real, Mama. I've seen it done over and over and over again. And let me tell you this, prepare yourself, because once you pull it, give your life to him, have a well-made-up mind, please, because right after that, the enemy coming. He come but to steal, kill, and destroy. He going to try to take you back. He going to try to show you God ain't real. He didn't hear you. 
He gonna try to show you, uh, you know, in 1973 you did this, that, and there. Oh, you you remember what you did in 1978? But this is what I want you to know this morning. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things has passed away, and behold, all things has become new. That old man has been buried. You died to your flesh so that God could live in you now. So now the spirit of God is living in you. Once you give your life to him, once you confess, give your life to God. Guess what happened? You're no longer that old person. You're going to continue to struggle, but you're struggling for his sake. And we don't come to God to ask for stuff. And, and once God bless us, we go back and do anything we big enough to do. We come to him to give him our all. Lord, what is it you would have me to do? All you want me to do is cut the church grass. All you want me to do is clean the church. All you want me to do is be an usher. All you want me to do is pass out pamphlets. All you want me to do is when I ride on the bus or I'm in the grocery store and I see somebody in trouble, all you want me to do is just say, God is. God will. God can. Whatever you would have me to do, that's what I want to do. But these people put too much stuff on the work of God. And it makes people feel so uncomfortable. They feel like they got to have super training. They got to have this, that, and the other. All you need is the spirit of God living in you. He will lead and guide you in the places where you should go. Yeah. But you got to sell out to him with your whole heart. You can't be part-time. You can't be sometime. You can't be when you feel like it. It's got to be all the time. God is faithful. This morning, I know a few people left because of that church service. I was really, really thinking he was going to get on with the preaching, but he didn't. Yeah, he had another song and all of this. But that's Sunday worship at a church. And it's what they do. But I was looking for the message, and uh, his title was Blessings uh, Trusting in the Lord. What, the, what blessings you'll get by trusting God. I'm telling you, ever since the late 80s, I know early 90s, I have walked in that Proverbs 3, 5 through 7. It made my life easier, better. I didn't have to stress. I didn't have to do much. All I had to do was keep the trust in God. Keep believing God. Keep having patience. Keep praying. Keep praising. Keep helping somebody. Wait on God. He's coming. He didn't forget you. Early this morning, he had me to minister to someone during the show. Early this morning, he had me to prepare a gift for somebody during the show. While the lady was giving her testimony, I was working, doing some things. It's important to obey him. It's important to stay on his side. It's important to be obedient unto him. You won't lose. I know you heard of Reverend Ike, men of the older men and women. Ike said this, you can't lose with the stuff I use. I'm here this morning to tell you, you can't lose. If you obey God, 
You can't lose if you have the patience to wait on him. You can't lose if you sell out to him with your whole heart and fear him. It's the beginning of wisdom. Honor him. When you find out you done messed up, repent unto him. Ask him to forgive you and to help you that when this thing come back around, it won't find you in the same place. Lord, let us be an instrument unto you. Let me be able to help somebody find you. Let me be able to tell somebody about the goodness of you. Let me talk of your wondrous works and make known your deeds among the people daily. Never let me forget you. Because again this morning, he said, if we keep our mind on him, he will keep us in perfect peace. He know we have to work. He know we have to do this. We got a house to take care of. We got to have food to eat. We grocery shop. We cook. We clean. We do this. We do that. We run errands. He know all about that. But in the midst of all of that, you yet can talk to him. And when you can't talk, because sometimes you don't know what to say, you can sing. I love you, Lord, and I live my voice to worship you, oh, my soul, rejoice, huh? You can sing something unto him, because he lives, hallelujah, I can face tomorrow, because God lives, huh? All fear is gone, why? Because I know he holds my future. He holds the rest of my day today. He holds my day tomorrow if he wakes me up in the morning. Because he lives, I don't have to fear no day. I don't have to be concerned about waking up in the morning. What I do have to be concerned about if I wake up with him, if I wake up with my mind on him, if I tell him thank you, if I wake up remembering what his word said, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus that loves me. If I wake up with my mind on him, no need to fear the day. No need to fear them on the job. He's going to work it out if you tell him about it. If you ask him to, Lord, I'm doing all I can. And these people, they just, they don't know you. And they're doing things a, a, a totally different way. But you gave me this job, Lord. You saw I needed income, and you blessed me. Help me to remain humble. Help me to keep you out front and let me be behind. Let me not be an impressor to try to impress the people. You impress them. Because if he impressed them for you, it's going to be in a way where you say, wow. He's done it too many times for me, even right here on the show. It wasn't me. It's always him. I can't take his credit. I cannot take credit for what he has done. I cannot take his glory. I can't take his honor. He deserves it all. No need of me to praise me. I did nothing. He has done it all for his people. Hallelujah. Just a simple vessel that he can use. And I'm thankful unto him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So listen, 
I'm going to do roll call, go to one more song of the morning. And uh, when we come back, if anyone has something they would like to say, please feel free to press that number one and come in. Yeah. And share today because we have a, a little bit of time left. So I'm going to make this as quick as possible. <laughs> as quick as possible. All right. I tell you what, let's do the roll call. And uh, the studio be open. And if no one have anything they would like to say, then what I will do is play the last song of the morning. How about that? Yeah, we'll work it like that. All right. Good morning to you, Sister Dorothy Goodman. Good morning to you, Sister Rose Brown and Sister Jerry and Sister Irene this morning. Uh, Sister Rita, God bless you this morning. Good to see that number every time. <laughs> good morning to you, Pastor David. And good morning to you, Area Code 907. God bless you this morning. And I didn't see my 708 in today. But we thank God for area code 708 as well. And uh, good morning to you, Sister Mary Ann and Sister Simone. Good morning to you, Sister Melanie Rose. Good morning to you, Sister Angela in California. Sister Laura, my God, baby, God bless you this morning, Sister Laura and Mr. Mason and Miss Deborah. And uh, good morning to you, Alexis and uh, Sister Michelle and Sister Andrea Spinner, I didn't see Sister Spinner this morning, and uh, but I did see Minister Shonda. And uh, good morning to you, Sister Andrea in Philadelphia, Sister Keisha, Sister Rita again, uh, Sister Sion. You know, she's going to always come. Good morning, honey bunny. <laughs> Ooh. And so good morning to you. Good morning to you, Sister Angela Foote. And Sister Anna Lee Foote, God bless you this morning. Sister Sylvia Joe Jones, God bless you. And Sister Shannon Slayton, God bless you this morning, Sharon. Sharon Slayton, I'm sorry. And uh, good morning to you, Sister Kim Hop. And I'm trying to make sure I don't leave Apostle Claudia Boat right. She was in this morning. But that church service thing just weighed on a lot of people. They were like, I got to go. And uh, so they left. But good morning to you, uh Brother Casper Hamilton, and I went ahead and bought the uh, piece, and uh, it should be here today. Yeah, I went ahead and bought it so that we don't have to go out, you know, in the morning. Good morning to you, Brother Lewis, and uh, Brother Jermaine, Brother Anthony, Brother D, uh, Brother Mike Hopps, Brother George West Perry, Brother Lee Hamilton, Brother Justin Gilmore, Brother Frank, Brother Marquez Griffin, Brother Cal, good morning to you. God bless you. I don't think I left anybody out this morning. Yeah, because I got Pastor David earlier. So uh, we, we're thankful this morning for each and every one. Thankful for those that come through the archives and the podcasts and those that come from LinkedIn and Twitter and Instagram and wherever you come through this morning. We thank God for you tuning in with us. Yeah, we thank God for each and every one. Yeah, because it's a good thing to come and hear what God has to say. Yeah, it is. And I'm grateful unto him this morning that he has something to say. I really don't, but he does. And so I'm grateful unto him. want to do this right quick. want to do this right quick. Sister Dye, I just need you all through the day when you think on this. Lift your hands and just begin to tell God thank you. Yeah, he's going, he's going to really bless you this holiday season. 
So I just need you to lift your hands, tell him thank you, and be grateful as you already are unto him the more. Yeah, and it would be all right. So Sarita, God has not forgotten you. Uh-huh. He spoke some things, and he should surely bring it to pass. You've had some patience. You've waited. Yeah, continue to wait. Yeah. And uh, he's going to fulfill his promise. And I do see money, Sister Rita, falling down all around you. Uh-huh. And that money is coming. Oh, just wait on it. Hey, Yashata. Hey, Rita, just wait on it. Wait on it. Hallelujah. It is coming. It is com- It may be delayed, but it is not denied by God. Yeah, he's got a perfect timing. When he, when he bring it about, I feel the spirit of the Lord moving on that this morning. Hallelujah. And so we're thankful unto him. Pastor David, better days are coming. Better days are coming. Your eyes have not seen and your ears have not heard the things that God have in store for you. Sometimes in this journey, Pastor David, uh, there will be things come our way that we have no control over. God allowed it because he knows we can handle it. And the more we go to him about the situation, the stronger he makes us. But better days are coming. That's what I can tell you. Better days are coming for you. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we're thankful unto him this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Sister Irene, I need you to go to the book of Matthew. I need you to ask God for wisdom and understanding of his word and tell him this, Lord, when I read, I don't want to get confused in no way. Fix my heart and regulate my mind so I can focus in your word. I know the enemy won't want you to do this, and he's going to try to fight you to keep you from doing it. He want to keep you busy and keep you not focusing. But if you don't read but one scripture, out of the word per day, do that. You don't read but one scripture out of Matthew, do it. Going on back to Matthew, finish with that, going to Mark, Luke, and John. One scripture a day if you have to. And that's the Lord to give you wisdom. Because God wants to do a new thing in you. Uh-huh. But his word is important to be in you. That way, once he do it, you'll stay, fix it. You, you won't be broken. Hallelujah. He's got a purpose and a plan for your life. That's why you're still here. Yeah. You made it through. Hallelujah. And this won't be the last time. But the enemy want to come and sift from you, take all your God, all your spiritual, everything. Just take it from you and keep your focus on your flesh and your feelings. Yeah. We got to battle that. Yeah, it's not in our feelings. It's in our knowing. I know. I don't feel nothing many days, but I know. And I walk in what I know. Yeah. See, I I, I know this keyboard is here. If I leave this room and go in another room, I don't have to wonder about it. I know. I don't have to feel it in my mind and say, can I feel the keyboard is still that? No, I know. And that's the way we have to do the word and know God. I mean, and God, we got to know. Not in what we feel, but by faith and trusting him, it's in what we know. 
Hallelujah. And we thank him this morning. Listen, I'm going to pray us out. If no one have anything they would like to say, if you do, we got a little time. Feel free to press that number one. But if not, I'm going to pray out and we're going to our last song of the morning. And uh, after this song, I won't be coming back today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. And uh, share the good news of Jesus with somebody. It's already all right today. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, he's on our side in spite of us. All right, let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day. Father, we thank you for all that has been said and done. Thank you for your word this morning, for your word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. And forever, O God, thy word is settled in heaven. As we depart this morning, Father, we ask that you would sanctify us through thy truth, for thy word is true. Move today for your people in a mighty way. Heal those that are sick, O God. Heal those that's trying to lose weight and it's just a big struggle. Father, we ask that you would bless those incarcerated and those that are in every branch of the military and administration of the military. Move today for your people, widowers, bereaved families, intercessory prayer people. Lord, have mercy. Preachers everywhere, preaching in the name of Jesus in obedience unto you and love for your people, Israel and Jerusalem, Father, our brothers and sisters overseas, America and the leadership of America. Move today in a mighty way. Bless God. And in this holiday season, bless us all. That God will be more giving. Or we'll be more giving than we've ever been. For you love a cheerful giver. Open up financial doors unto your people. That God, they can be a blessing unto others. In the name of Jesus. As we depart this morning, Father, bless our going out. Bless our coming in. And meet the need in our lives according to your riches in glory by your son, Christ Jesus. We thank you this morning. Thank you, Lord. We thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we give you glory, Lord. We give you glory. Hallelujah. For all you've done already. What you're doing right now. We thank you. And what you're going to do. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. May the Lord watch between me and me while we are absent one from another in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go today in love. Thank you, Jesus. Go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves a cheerful giver. Have a blessed day. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon us today in Jesus' name. Amen and hallelujah. We're going to our last song of the morning. How many come in here to have church tonight? Oh, you're in the right place. 